the scientism trap. So here's a quote from Adi Da. Scientific materialism is a strange philosophy for everyone to be attached to. Why should it be the preferred philosophy? Of all the philosophies, it's the one that allows the least hope relative to any matter whatsoever. And I would agree. Now, doesn't mean I'm anti-science. Science and scientists have been extremely useful to us. You're probably watching this on a smartphone or a laptop with an active internet connection. Uh, these are all miracles of science. Science is fantastic. Scientism, however, is the worship of science. And uh, we've seen in the last few years the uh, meme to trust the science regardless of how many times the narrative has been changed. This is a worship of science with scientists as the high priests, infallible authorities, and it's not useful and it's counterproductive. Okay? Not going to hard sell you on spirituality. At least not in this course. I will in one of my courses. But I think it's worth keeping an open mind, and it doesn't have to mean denying reason, logic, or science. It just means not accepting soul-crushing scientific materialism as your unconscious religion and recognizing the source, the source that we all come from, the fact that we are created, the fact that everything you see, feel, touch, hear, taste, smell exists out of nothing, okay? There's no scientist that has an adequate explanation for that. Scientific or dialectical materialism is the official philosophy, just so you know, of Marx, Engels, Stalin, and the Communist Party party responsible for 100 plus million deaths in the 20th century. It's a philosophy built on faulty science. The belief that all reality is material is an outdated mode of thinking embedded in Newtonian physics. While Newtonian physics is a great way to understand uh, the world on a basic level, the latest science has moved well beyond Newton's conclusions. Okay. The scientific materialism, reason, and logic you got in school is a product of Enlightenment era thinkers, Newtonian science, and the Prussian school system of the 1800s. Some of it useful, but the philosophy as a whole is archaic. Okay, Here's what you're taught, either directly in science class or indirectly through culture at large, is that one, everything is essentially mechanical, two, all matters unconscious, three, nature's purposeless and evolution has no goal or direction, and four, minds are inside heads and are nothing but the activities of brains. And memories are stored as material traces in brains and are wiped out at death. But the latest uh, cutting-edge quantum physics has all but admitted they don't understand anything. Okay, they have theories like simulation theory, string theory, metaverse theory, multiverse theory. And that the laws of physics may vary from region to region within these universes or within our universe, black hole being an example, or um, you know, flying beyond the speed of light. So Chris Draper explains that physicists now believe that uh, quantum mechanics is mind-dependent, meaning the behavior of particles is determined by the act of observation. Therefore, the mind cannot be reduced to matter because quantum me mechanics presupposes the existence of mind. The belief that the uh, constraints of physics don't vary has been called into question too. Cutting-edge theories in physics, such as th string theory, suggest that our universe is just one among many in a so-called metaverse. Okay, And this is stuff that 
the saints and prophets have been telling us forever. Science is just finally catching up to it. Because ultimately, science can't explain why we exist. Terence McKenna says, in a quote here, Modern science is based on the principle. Give us one free miracle and we'll explain the rest. The one free miracle is the appearance of all the mass and energy in the universe and all the laws that govern it in a single instance from nothing. Which, when you think about it, is almost laughable that anybody could be a militant atheist. Agnostic I get, but a militant atheist where your best bet is the Big Bang and your answer to what created all this is randomness. Randomness. I don't know how randomness could create anything. Um, randomness is a principle. It's, an, it's a principle that you can observe, but it's only an observation if you don't understand the cause. If you can um, investigate into the cause, there is no randomness. So science can explain many things about the world, except for how and why it exists and that you incarnated into a body to taste, smell, touch, feel, think, and move about an infinitely expanding universe with billions of other life forms, which is astounding. Science can approximate the age of our universe, but science can't tell us what came before matter, energy, space, and time. Science can't tell us what creates and sustains matter, energy, space, and time, and science can't tell us what our purpose is or what happens after we die. Only the spiritual authorities speak with certainty on the nature of our experience. It's the spiritual masters who speak with certainty because they speak from direct experience. Now, you can write that off as delusional or deceptive if you're not a believer, and that spiritual teachers are either insane or con men. And that's true in many cases. There are many, many uh, cases of con men in, or, or deluded individuals throughout history. But I also think you'd be surprised at the depth of wisdom in many of the true teachers' uh, canons, to the point where I think it's at least worth studying. I mean, if if I'm, if you already believe, good. If not, I think it's at least worth studying people who speak with that level of certainty, and from what seems like direct experience. Um, I'm not asking you to believe on blind faith or because I said so. I'm just suggesting that you investigate their teaching for yourself and come to your own conclusions. If you're already sold, great. Um, but if not, I think it's it's worth keeping an open mind, taking Pascal's wager that if you are not 100% sure that they're wrong, it is worth a massive investigation when there even might be a small chance that there's an afterlife and there is a judgment where you go to heaven or hell. It is absolutely insane to even believe 10% that, that that might be true and not make a massive investigation into that claim because we know we're going to die. We know life is temporary. We know we can't take anything with us. But if there is God, if there is heaven and hell, you can take your karma and you will be judged for it. So if you're interested in learning more about our true nature, I recommend the writings of Jesus Christ, the Apostles of Christ, Rumi, Kabir, Ramakrishna, Anandamayi Ma, Neem Kurali Baba, Father Seraphim Rose, the Desert Fathers, some of the other 
Orthodox texts are great. Um, and devoting a good amount of time to that study and you're living, living your life in accordance with how our Father would want us to live. Um, now it's true that in my courses and in my site, I frame life as a game, which could sound blasphemous depending on how you take it, but it's, it's a useful frame in the sense that I want to give you that second childhood and minimize suffering and maximize your enjoyment um, but do not think that, that the game does not have very serious fucking consequences. If you fail, you suffer during this life, and in my opinion, you end up in hell. And not a metaphorical hell, actual hell. And my faith has only strengthened over the last few years, post-pandemic, as I've delved either, even deeper into spiritual study. And um, over the last two to three years there have been thousands if not tens of thousands of videos released on YouTube near-death experiences which should actually be called after-death experiences because it's people who have flatlined for anywhere from two minutes to two hours and these videos in my opinion should have billions of, of views these, these are the greatest revelations to humanity since the prophets and their spiritual texts because you don't have to take it on faith anymore. You, or you don't have to listen to some fucking atheist scientist. You can watch people that actually died and they'll tell you exactly what it's like. And all the experiences were the same. They die, their soul lifts out of the body, they're looking down in the operating room, they see this body there, they don't recognize who it is for about a few seconds until they realize, oh, that's me. And then they think, oh, but I'm still alive. They feel lightness of spirit. They can hear what's going on in the room. They can read people's thoughts. They can know that their mom is driving to the hospital. Thousands of testimonies of people, you know, actually going back to the to the operating room after they were brought back into their body and telling the doctors exactly what was going on. Um, then there's usually a, a brief limbo period in many cases. And then they either, you know, a portal opens up in the sky and they ascend towards it, oftentimes with Christ or the angels or um, various heavenly beings, or they are drawn into hell. And the hellscapes that they define are terrifying, um, absolutely terrifying. And because it's the spiritual world, there's no time. Um, so they feel like they're there for eternity. And you come to realize that all those old fire and brimstone preachers that maybe we used to laugh at were right. And on the flip side, the heavenly realm, they describe as more love, more light, more beauty than they've ever experienced in the world times a thousand so the scientism trap recognize that you were raised in to believe that we were educated to believe that we were brainwashed to believe that we everything we were taught in school growing up was a removal of God and the scientism trap is something you have to leave behind 
to really live life at the fullest and to make sure that where you go next is you're going to the right place.